I'm sitting here listening and, and my brain's just going a million miles a minute and I'm just thinking, is she going to fire me? No! Oh God, no! <laughs> Hello, friends. Hello, friends. And welcome back to another episode of Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. I'm Christina. And I am Lauren. Sorry. <laughs> Good <laughs> job. Try in try, different ways since I always say I don't like it. <laughs> I got chills. <laughs> so today is the last episode that we are recording before you go to treatment. Yes. I am very emotional. Oh, no. I'm, I'm not because I didn't technically think about it until five minutes ago when you're like, is this the last one? I was like, oh, it is. <laughs> well, that's good. So my plan for today, I was texting you about it yesterday. We're going to be going old school with this episode, old school pickles and vodka. I am yes. going to be sort of interviewing you about yes. some of the, the thoughts and feelings that you're having and all that shit. Basically, we are both going back to our roots. We're going Christine back the to our roots. Interviewer and me, the guest. <laughs> yeah, it feels good, man. I don't know. Yeah. It feels organic. <laughs> I like it. I love this idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first, Lauren, you want to give a little recap of your week, and I'll do the same because I feel um, like there's a lot going on. Sure. I mean, mostly my week has been struggling to take care of the remaining headaches. Um, as I've said before, the biggest, hugest, most important one. I have friends that are going to watch Pico. They're very excited about it. So, and they're people that I, I trust to take care of my, my Your child. Yes. <laughs> it's a big deal. It is. Unfortunately, I am not completely solid on where Meatball is going. I am very confident that something is going to work out, but I just... I don't have a 100% right now. Well, you know, if, so, if you lived in Virginia, I would take him in a heartbeat. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> Fang would have a time and a half with that. There was someone, um, like a friend of a friend that I was kind of hopeful, but I also really understand because she has, I don't know, like eight or nine cats oh, already God, at her place yeah. and like tons of animals. You could be a saint and I wouldn't blame you for not <laughs> taking no, on another, another Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but so I've got some, some leads that feel positive, but it still obviously is a bit of a stress because I want to just know. Of course. <laughs> I mean, I remember the week before I went to treatment or, you know, the couple of weeks and there were a Mm -hmm. lot of things that I just didn't even plan until the last possible minute. Yeah, my my last cat that I had, I know, I think I found him a home like two days before I left. So that was a lot of stress. And when I had Pico and was going to treatment, as I've brought up before, I thought that I had someone to watch him and she just kind of like told me it'd be too much of a hassle and almost like, how dare I think that she would be able to watch my dog, even though she totally offered. That's how he ended up coming with me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully it goes smoother Uh, this time. I have good confidence that the universe will provide. Yeah. Speaking of which, we did get some thoughts and prayers from our listener, Christine. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. She said, Christina said to ask her thoughts and prayers. So, you know, hope everything goes well with Lauren. I forget exactly what she said. Yeah. Shout out to Christine. She's got your back. Great. (laughs) I'm glad she didn't actually pray for me. (laughs) No, no. So the the most recent headache, I was telling you a little bit about that. Hold up. I'm going to, my vape just dropped. I'm going to be moving around looking for it. Keep talking. I'm going to edit out. Uh, Gotcha. Um, so yeah, the, the most recent thing is, um, the medical paper, paperwork or the medical like lab work and they want you to get an EKG as well, which I was having like so much trouble with it. And just, I know it just suddenly like hit me then, you know, they throw that out there. That's just like, oh, so we just need, you know, this, this stuff to say that you're basically healthy. So, you know, just, uh, get these, get these blood tests and get an EKG and get it to us as if like... I have an EKG machine in my basement. Yeah. Just to throw it away, you know, just like, yeah, just go get that. That's no problem, right? One does not <laughs> simply go out and get an EKG. <laughs> exactly. And then they expect you to do this, like, days before you go. Yeah, they and they say, like, it has to be within a week of admission or within two weeks or something like that. Yeah. I mean, the reason they do that is probably just to get a good sense of where you are. Especially, I know, this place. Like, I've been to two different places that have 
different medical capabilities and staff. One had more of like a full nursing staff, so they were prepared for a little more medical stuff. Yeah, mine was like that too. Yeah, but this one is not as much. And, you know, so like if the medical problem, they're pretty much just going to have to like outsource it. And so I imagine like they don't want a liability. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they don't want, you know. I was going to use that word, <laughs> that but I thought it's the way it, of the world. <laughs> it is unfortunately the way of the world. You are a yeah. liability. I am a liability. This podcast is a liability. <laughs> yes. Everything's a liability in the end. Yeah. So the the funny story from earlier is that I, I asked the um, intake person I've been talking to, because I was just like, hey, I'm having trouble with this. Do you have some suggestions? And she gave me a couple places that she claims had worked for people in my area that they'd managed to get them at these places. But I was not able to. I went and I got told the same thing I'd been told before, that they are like, we don't do that. If you wanted like this test, you would have to pay the full price out of pocket, even though you have insurance. What the fuck, man? I uh, know. It never ends. So the funny story from that to me was, and it's always awkward for me. I go in and I'm just kind of like, hey, I need to get this uh, blood work and stuff done because I'm going to be entering a residential treatment center that needs this before I can be admitted. I'm I mean, they really see it awkward. all the time. I know, but I never know, like, how to say it. I don't want to, like, tell my life story. And it just so happens there is this woman that was already standing at the counter so that the person I talked to, you know, like, grabs my paperwork and takes it back to look at it. And the woman turns around to me and she's like, oh, I heard you saying that you're entering a residential treatment center. That's what I'm here doing, too. I was like, okay, this this is a strange thing to just go have a conversation with. And then she says... What place? <laughs> it's just like... Oh, HIPAA violation. <laughs> well, I mean, she's just a public person. I don't think that... Yeah. Wait, I'm confused. <laughs> so she's the staff at this place that's no, getting your... No, no. The, 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 staff, the staff took my stuff and left. She was also at the counter getting a similar oh, thing done. Oh, wait. Yeah. So this might be a potential treatment buddy? possibly but she never knew where you were going did you tell her no okay that's what she asked you know she said like oh i'm doing the same thing and i was like i just smiled and i was like all right this is kind of awkward but no reason not to be nice and then she asked like what place are you going to and i was like "Eh, you know i'm not really comfortable saying Oh my god, you almost had like a to the bone moment. You know, not to like to to say like, oh, you can't be going if you're older because obviously I am, but she was an older woman as well and so oh. like there's there's a lot of things, you know, there's there's a lot of like drug and alcohol treatment centers here. There's a million things she could be going for. But yeah, that was, it did cross my mind. I was like, well, I might see you in a week or two. Listen, <laughs> I guess. Then I'll know. <laughs> this is why we need pickles and vodka business cards. <laughs> So you can give them out in the wild. Yes. She sounds like a prime listener. Exactly. She's our prime demographic. Like, I'd I'd rather not share that part of my life. But here, this might help. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. We're not claiming to help anybody. We can't be a liability. Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) All opinions that are expressed on this podcast are our own. Yes. God, I hate myself. Um, We will talk more about your treatment shit, obviously, but uh, I just got to talk about my week a little bit because I barely Mm -hmm. showed up here this morning. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so it's been a really great week overall. Uh, Mm -hmm. I rode my motorcycle a lot. It was like 80 degrees for a couple days. I went roller skating with a friend. Brett and I built a cabinet for our kitchen. Oh, I saw that. That It looks amazing. Um, (laughs) But then... Today, Ruby started peeing blood. Oh, no. And she's had UTIs before. So, like, we've dealt with it before. So, like, right after recording this, I'm going to go to the vet with my mom. And then on top of all of it, Brett is violently ill. Oh, no. (laughs) He, like, started throwing up this morning. And uh, he was supposed to go to this festival in Richmond. And he had to cancel. Yeah. But I just, (laughs) I feel like a mom today. Like, in the best, Uh like, I've been taking care of everyone today, including myself, um, I had a really uh, clear moment of self-parenting last night. Mm-hmm. I've been really stressed, and when I'm stressed, I don't eat as much. And I'm also on this asthma medication that kind of fucks with my appetite. And mm-hmm. I, I'm in recovery from my bulimia, and it, I should say my eating disorder. And it's been going well for the most part, but I, I feel like the thoughts have been coming back a lot stronger the last few weeks. And 
Um, yeah, you mentioned that a couple of weeks ago. I, think. I mean, listen, we've dealt with this shit for decades. You know the signs. Like, I'm not going to describe them, yes. but you right. know the signs. <laughs> like, there's certain behaviors that are starting to pop up again. And I'm just like, this is a slippery slope. <laughs> if you've been through the treatment world, you probably have done red, yellow, green. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, so I'm in yellow level. I'm still allowed to vape. Right, right. But, <laughs> but last night, I, I made a salad and... I threw half it away. I just couldn't finish it. And I was just feeling really like guilty about it because I knew my, mm-hmm. my energy was going. I felt like I was in a shitty mood and like I forced myself to make a smoothie. It's always a fucking smoothie. <laughs> no, no, no. It wasn't a smoothie. Sorry. It was a yogurt parfait. Oh, okay. I made myself a yogurt parfait and it was the same exact yogurt parfait that I used to eat in treatment. Oh, wow. It's crazy. <laughs> like since getting out of treatment, I tend to revert back to some of those snacks that I used to have when I'm feeling like I can't possibly make anything on my own. You do that Mm -hmm. too? What's your go-to past treatment Uh, snack? Actually, what I would do a lot uh, coming out is if you were, when you were doing your your meal planning, if like whatever their menu was, if you just like hated everything on it, then they had three meals that they called sub meals that were, you know, like pretty basic things. And you could substitute one of those, like the one that I did, particularly because that was one of the few that was a uh, vegetarian. Oh, it yeah. Was, yeah it, it was a bagel and um, carrots and hummus and yogurt and fruit. And what I particularly liked is you could always get what they called an L-top on like sandwich days, which was lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle. Oh, that sounds good. You had me a pickle. Exactly. I mean... That sounded sexual. You know what I meant. Exactly. (laughs) I do know. (laughs) Um, You know, so of course I like straight threw out the raw onion because gross. But the rest (laughs) of it, (laughs) the rest of it, I would like spread the hummus on the bagel and then I'd put the rest and make just, you know, like kind of like a bagel veggie sandwich and it was always... I always enjoyed it. <laughs> That's like my go-to meal when I go visit my parents because they don't have a lot of foods I like. I always make some sort mm-hmm. of thing, ver- version of that. Yeah. So then, then it was just like, if I didn't know what to do for a meal, then it was like, I'd make that. And I'd know like, and you need your side of yogurt and your side of fruit. And then it's a complete meal. <laughs> yeah. Well, that brings me to um, last night when I was doing this. You know how they talk about like inner child work in therapy yes. and all that stuff. Um, I have mixed feelings about it, but I have found it helpful to kind of think about my childhood self and try to think about what she would want and like what is good for her, all that shit. Um, <laughs> so last night <laughs> it was like, shit. I was I knew I had to eat something and I was going through our cupboards and they were kind of bare. Not, I wasn't seeing anything that I liked and I was just going to walk away and like put it off for another hour or whatever because that's the kind of bullshit I pull. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, in my head, it was like I heard another version of myself saying like, I don't want to eat anything here. This is disgusting. And then I was like, no, <laughs> that's bullshit. Look, there's some granola right there. Look, there's an unopened thing yeah. of yogurt right there. And then I, I made a bowl of yogurt and granola. I took it out to watch. We're, we're watching Harry Potter right now. It's very fun. And then as I was eating, I was like, this isn't enough. I was like, you need to add some fruit or something to this. And so I, I could hear myself with that voice like fussing the whole time. I was like, this is so stupid. This is disgusting. Like, And I was like, nope, nope, you're going to eat this. And I did. And that's the end of that story. But I thought it was uh, an illustration of how I feel really capable these days. Like all this shit is hitting the fan, but I don't know. I think yeah. I can get through it. When when you were telling that story, I was thinking, how very inside out of you. It was (laughs) very inside out of me. Not gonna lie. All all these, yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. I feel very vulnerable about our whole situation right now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a big deal. I've been thinking about you a lot this week, and I've been thinking about the podcast and like what's going to happen. And I don't know, the the thing that I wanted to start off this episode with is probably not what you'd expect. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about advocacy, right okay. off the top. And the reason that I want to talk about this is because, you know, we have been co-hosting together for almost a year now. I think in a previous episode, I said it was a year. That's a lie. <laughs> it hasn't been a year yet. It, it is. But I did think of that the other day. I was like, it's going to be coming up on a year. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, we have been engaging in the mental health world for years and years, whether it be underground forums of old or, <laughs> or just, you know, talking about it in our everyday lives. And so 
I would consider myself a mental health advocate. I would consider you a mental health advocate. Mm-hmm. But the thing about advocacy is that it's kind of a full-time gig. Yeah. And in addition to living out this advocacy in our personal lives, like we talk about it every week on the podcast. And I think that can be pretty draining sometimes, whether we realize it or not. Like, obviously, it's a great thing oh, we're yeah. doing, and it's healthy and cathartic for us. But also, I think there's a there can be a, a side of it that can be kind of draining, like I said. Yeah. Um, I was listening to this podcast called Last Day. It's on Limonada Media on Spotify and whatnot. And the host, Stephanie Whittles-Wax, she is a mental health advocate. She interviews people about the last day of their family member's who died like every season focuses on a different uh, topic so like the first season is drugs the second Mm -hmm. season is like suicide and then they talk about gun violence i think the current season is kind of more similar to what we do they just interview people about their experiences Mm -hmm. anyway she was talking about advocacy and how there's a hidden side of it where someone can really be talking about this stuff all day, every day, but really they're re-exposing themselves to a lot of trauma without realizing it. Like every time you talk about this stuff, you're reliving this thing that you might be currently going through. And I don't think, Mm -hmm. you know, we can underestimate the impact of that. And so the whole reason I say that is because, you know, you've proven that you can be a co-host of a mental health podcast (laughs) and talk about this stuff on a weekly basis, you're about to go to treatment and you're going Mm -hmm. to be forced to do the same thing, maybe to an even more extreme level. You're going to be Mm -hmm. really digging into these really uncomfortable things every single hour of every single day. How do you feel about that? And like, I don't know. Do you feel like talking about it over the past few weeks? We've been talking about your treatment. We've been talking about treatment on the podcast for the past few weeks. Yeah. Do you think that's been kind of helpful preparing you? I do actually, because um, I don't think of like the treatment experience that I'm about to embark on as being all that similar to here, because I know in general, especially when we started, I really do not like to be pigeonholed as, like, the eating disorder girl. Exactly. So so I do feel like I was aware that I was specifically trying to talk about other topics that I dealt with more often here. So, I mean, it is the same same thing, like you said. You know, it is, yeah, like, exposing yourself to this stuff over and over again. But I don't feel like it's been, you know, it's just felt like, all the eating disorder all the time you know it's felt like when I was here it was more like reliving things you know like relationships to people who committed suicide or my own past with anxiety and things like that so yeah sometimes I would after an episode then you know I had all of that on my brain I'd be like whew okay and I'd have to kind of yeah just sort of like sit on the couch and, and zone out and read for a while but but yeah it doesn't like I think it would be harder if it had felt like it was just this one thing that was just you know I was like forced to go over again all the time but it I mean, kind of feels like that's more like what I'm about to embark on like now I know that 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 literally is going to be all that I talk about for a few weeks I mean in some ways that could be a relief Because it is, like, when you have an eating disorder, any, this could apply to a lot of other mental illnesses and disorders, but, like, eating disorders really take over your life. And there's not a lot of room for everything else, at least for me, that's how it played out. Yep. So maybe, you know, going to treatment in a way is kind of a relief because you're, Mm -hmm. you are focusing just on that one thing. It's funny, as you started, like, talking about all of this stuff, (laughs) that I'm sitting here listening and and my brain's just going a million miles a minute and I'm just thinking, is she going to fire me? No! Oh, God, no. Okay. (laughs) I mean, obviously I'm going to take a break. Yeah. Well, maybe we should just talk about that first. Uh, We'll ruin the structure that I, that I never even solidified. Um... (laughs) So, Lauren, this is Lauren's last episode for a while. We don't know how long. We don't know when she is going to be part of the podcast again, but she will be as much as she can. Yeah, and I will say from the beginning, I am actually really hopeful to um, record an episode in the middle of it so I can kind of give firsthand experience. I mean, you know, it might not... It probably wouldn't be like I jump right back in every week, but like some point in the middle, I want to record an episode with you. Yeah, 
Um, with that said, though, I think you should take a few weeks off. Absolutely. Yeah, of I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. <laughs> you need to focus on you for a while. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about this more at the very end of the episode. But I do have some plans for the next few weeks. So I feel like going back to, you know, the difference between talking about this stuff on the podcast versus going to treatment, I think the difference is on the podcast, you can kind of control the narrative a little bit more and you can Mm -hmm. um, kind of decide how much you want to reveal. And in treatment, they kind of, well, at least if you're doing it right, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) you know, everything is laid out, which brings me to the next topic is uh, fear. Fun little topic. Oh, yeah. What are you afraid (laughs) of the most? Um... I'm afraid of going back into that sort of all-encompassing living situation. I mean, there's not surprises as much now because I've been through it. At least there's almost like excitement when it's new. Like, oh my God, what is this going to be like in this like yeah. whole new environment? Right now, it's just kind of like I think about it. I'm like, oh, I am not going to be able to sleep in my bed. I'm going to be in a room with people I don't know. I do not. Oh, I really don't want any of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is not your first rodeo. This is your fifth time in treatment. It has mm-hmm. lost the charm, whatever charm that it had. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's another thing I was wondering about, like what your expectations are this time around. Like, what do you think will be different, if anything? Um. So this is something that's I a very broad to... question. I'm sorry. No, but it is it is a big thing. It's it's actually a very good question because um, I would say last time I had to go back and this time because at that point you know it'd been a few times and I was just like I can't go back and just do the same thing and think that it's it's worth even doing this if I'm just gonna keep doing the same thing and well you say that but I feel a lot of people go in and then they go out and they do the same thing and of course it's not on purpose all the time but that's why I see that and that's that was why like for me specifically thinking like that's, I would not do that. That's not going to be me. Um, so I want to know before I even agree to do this, what am I going to do different this time? Well, yeah. What are you going to do different this time? <laughs> so, so according to what we've been talking about in, in uh, my past couple therapy sessions, and my therapist is very much on board with this. She wants me to get in trouble. Yeah. So you've mentioned this a few times, but you haven't really elaborated. Um, Maybe you can't elaborate yet, but I will be really curious to hear how that works out for you. Yeah. And actually her and my dietitian are both very supportive. They're just like be authentic to yourself. You know, even though like obviously you are going there and part of the treatment is you are supposed to stick to the the meal plan they have and you're supposed to eat your meals. But there's like, if you're really not feeling it, you know, you could then you know what? Don't and tell people why. Well, that brings us to the topic of who is your authentic self. And from what I know of you, you know, you have said on the podcast, you don't really believe recovery is possible for you. Yeah. And I'm going there. I'm going there. Oh, boy. (laughs) So why did I agree to be interviewed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, but like that, I think, if you're being honest with yourself, is your authentic self. You are someone who you've tried this so many times and maybe you don't think recovery is for you. I think that is a great place to start by unpacking that when you go. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Quite honestly, you know, you, you are correct. I do not believe it is possible for me where I am right now. But I will say that just in life in general, I I don't like 100%. I don't like absolute statements because I don't believe anything can be. So when you say that and I think about it, then I'm just kind of like, but there's always the possibility that that can change. And someday I will see, like, I think that it is possible. I don't think so now, but yeah. I, I do believe that it's possible I could in a couple months think like, you know what? I actually do. I think that just shows maturity, honestly. And before you brush it off, I don't know if you would have said that the whole time I've known you. When you first said that, my immediate thought was, well, I am old. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that was a poor choice of words. No, but I I did like then 
take another second. And I was like, yeah, but even though I, I was older when I went the first time, I was 35, but I would not have said I had the maturity that you're talking about because it was all brand new to me. And I was, you know, the same scared person as like a 17 year old going in the first time. So yeah, so yeah, I do agree that there has been some, some growth there. <laughs> you have grown a lot. And I think you're, you're about to grow even more and it's going to be really intense. <laughs> and yeah, it is. <laughs> so that will be different. What are some other ways you think your authentic self wants to desperately come out? So thinking about the getting in trouble thing and talking about how um, like a lot of things I didn't probably, you know, explore what my what my reasoning is or whatever, because I was so good at saying like, yeah, but I can do what they expect. You know, I can do the right thing. I was thinking about that and I suddenly realized I was like, that is where just internally like this little pinwheel inside me just feels like I am pure anger because Mm -hmm. I have felt stuck in this position and that is interesting to me because even in the in the past then it has come up a lot that it's like I don't know how to express anger my family did not know how to express anger I don't I've never saw how to at least not in a healthy way yeah I was like maybe I will learn how to be angry that would be interesting (laughs) <laughs> Seriously, I mean, and instead of just letting it sit there inside of me and be like, I know I feel anger, so I'm going to, yeah, take it out on myself internally. I mean, of course, you are the minimization queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are some ways you think you will immediately try to minimize your experiences when you go in? Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I mean, letting out your authentic self and like breaking the rules and everything, I feel like that's the. That's the opposite of minimization. That is maximization. (laughs) I don't know if I said that. You'll be maximizing your unexpressed desires and feelings and all that stuff. Do you think that the side of you that wants to minimize is going to push back really hard? Oh, I am certain. That's that's why it will be good. I mean, I... I am trying now, you know, like I can say all of this stuff, but I'm really grateful for things um, like talking to my my therapist and she says, you know, like obviously when you're there, then, you know, we're not going to be like meeting and having sessions or anything, but she's like, you'll sign the, the release of information so I can talk to them. And she's just like, contact me if you feel, you know, like this is not being heard or they're not understanding, or you just need me to say like, uh, so she really needs to be working on this shit, even though she won't tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> Having a therapist on your side is so life-changing, honestly. Yeah. It's like, I do just like knowing that like those parts are in place. Like I'm already trying to set up the things like I know how I'm going to try and sabotage myself. So let's try and find ways that I won't be able to. (laughs) Perfect. I mean, it sounds like you have a pretty substantial support system in place. You know, you have your, your Mm -hmm. team of professionals and then you have, you know, the people who are watching your pets. And, And of course you have this podcast. You know, you yeah. have a whole group of listeners who are rooting for you. Um, do you think that that is different this time around? Or or do you feel like it's not? Like you still struggle. You, you've talked about struggling with asking for help and reaching out for support. Yeah, and I do still feel a lot of that. I mean, uh, I, I have people that are going to help, which I am very, very grateful. But I do still feel kind of like... <sighs> I should not be a bother. <laughs> well, that sounds like something you need to, you can talk about in there. Yes. I don't know. And then, of course, and, you know, like this actually might play in more to like the, the anger side if I think about it, because there is, of course, the part about like not really feeling like I have any good family support. Yeah. And that kind of pisses me off sometimes because I see people that do and like, that's not the same thing as fr- like friends want to be there. And I just, yeah, I'm the one that shuts it down and says like, well, I don't want to keep being the annoying one. Yeah. Family, I have tried and they just, they're not helpful. <laughs> do you think that you will be forced to examine any of that in treatment? Like, do you think, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to go so far as to force you to do like a zoom with your family. Cause of course they yeah. don't know that you're even going to be in treatment. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I'm sure it will, there will be a lot of like, talking about it and stuff like that. Um, I don't think that I will be forced to talk to them if I don't want to. I think people pretty much understand why not. 
it's possible, but I don't think I will. <laughs> Anything's possible. Don't hey, never say never. Exactly. What else? What else? Anything else that you are looking forward to? We talked a lot about like your negative feelings surrounding treatment. What are you looking forward to? Okay, this is going to sound slightly insane. For <laughs> well, we are on pickles and vodka. <laughs> No, I was just thinking like, I, I feel like not very many people in the same situation would be saying this, but I have been looking forward like crazy to breakfast. Oh, all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. Continue. <laughs> I think just because um, it usually was my favorite meal there, possibly again, you know, it's easy for a vegetarian to, to have a like, good breakfast, have the same breakfast yeah. as everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> to not have to like get blocks of tofu all the time. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> treatment tofu. Yeah. And um, so it always was like the meal that I enjoyed the most. Even the, the eating part aside, I feel like I've never been a big breakfast person, mostly because I prefer my time to sleep in the morning. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't like downtime in the morning. I want to get up when and I have to just in time to get ready so that I can get out the door on time. That's all. I'm not going to be a sit down and read the paper person ever. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it is like, it's one of the few times that I felt like, oh, I think this is how people are actually supposed to start their day. They're not supposed to just, you know, like suck down a cup of coffee and run out the door. <laughs> it is wild. The amount of energy you have if you eat breakfast. It, it's uh-huh. just, you know, <laughs> for people with eating disorders, it's not always obvious. And also, you know, the idea that it's like, yes, it is. It's your first meal of the day. You know what? It always felt good to have breakfast. After that, at a treatment center, then you start to feel like, oh my God, do they want us to do anything except for eat? Are we really sitting down again? Well, <laughs> there will be that. I-, I wrote in my journal so many times, like, they- how does yeah. anyone eat this much? But in the morning, I always felt, I'm like, in the morning, I want my coffee and I'm fucking hungry. Yeah. So <laughs> it's actually nice. <laughs> yeah. I always loved breakfast and treatment too. Mm-hmm. Anything else you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, I can't predict this. So this is also something that's like terrifying because you don't know until you go what the people there are going to be like. But hopefully, I mean, it's always been really great to, you know, like make connections with people. Oh, yeah. You're you're going to meet a whole cast of characters. So yeah, I'm like hoping I'm hoping that there's like some really good people that, that I feel really comfortable with because sometimes there's been groups where I'm just like it's not that there's anything wrong I just don't really feel connected to any of you yeah I mean no shade or anything but that's just how it is sometimes the the milieu is constantly shifting if it's anything Mm -hmm. like where I went you know there's going to be new faces coming in you're going to be the new one you're going to be the scared quivering mess and then the next day there's going to be someone else and you can offer them support it's like it's a circle of life (laughs) (laughs) yes We've talked a lot about your expectations, you know, good and bad. How do you think expectations help or hurt your experience? I mean, I never think it's good to just kind of like write the book first before it happens. But you've been so many times before, I think it would be easy to fall into that trap of like thinking that you know everything that's going to happen. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's hard not to. Like, that's something I feel like I have to kind of catch myself more often and sort of remind myself like it's not necessarily just because it happened this way last time I try to remember that but then you know it, it also helps knowing what to expect you know especially oh, yeah. if you deal with anxiety it really helps knowing what to expect yeah um it's gonna help me packing <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> so in preparation for this episode I downloaded peach again oh boy yeah and the reason was I wanted to kind of see what was going on in my head when I was like a week out from treatment. And I so I went back super, Mm -hmm. super far in my feed. It's really fucking sad, Lauren. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't think I was ready for it. And you know, this Mm -hmm. episode is about you and I'll bring it back to you in a second. But um, no, but (laughs) you have shared experience. It's It's just really sad. There was so much self hatred, so many drugs, like I didn't really realize how bad it was, not even leading up to treatment, but like after treatment, which, you know, that's a whole other thing. But I don't know. It Mm -hmm. it made me realize like the validity of what I was going through. I don't think it ever hit me before exactly 
how badly I needed to be in treatment until I went back and looked at some of those posts. Yeah. I remember the the right before and I will say in you know this this isn't with like everybody I know some some people I know that you know like might say like oh I've made the decision to go to treatment or I have to go back or something like that and I just you know like support it but some people I feel like honestly scared for them and I'm just kind of like you cannot get there fast enough like <laughs> come on why isn't this going faster and that was I remember how I felt actually um, I mean yeah I I don't know how to respond to that <laughs> Um, but the reason I bring it up is because I feel like it goes without saying, I'm going to say it anyway, you know, I've been worried about you for a while and I feel like you don't see it all the time, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that is, we've talked about that. That's part of my nature. (laughs) So when I was going back on all these old posts, um, I found a post and this is what it says. This is my last day before treatment and I have only hours to check everything off my list, but instead I'm binging and purging again. This is beyond nonsensical. I have a fucking problem. And guess who posted the first comment on that post? I wonder. Someone really cool. (laughs) So it was you. Uh This is what you said. And I want you to read this and I want you to apply it to yourself. Okay. Okay. That is why you're going to treatment. That is why you're legit. It's why there's no choice anymore. I hope you keep us updated when you can. But if you just need to focus on yourself, I get that too. Good luck. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Past me was smart. I will try and listen to her. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, sure, everyone has a choice. You know, people mm-hmm. kill themselves. You always have that yeah. option. You always have the option to not take care of yourself. But you have not made that choice. Like, you've made the choice to go through a lot of red tape and pay a lot of money to mm-hmm. do something that you don't even know is going to work. But, like, there's some part of you that knows it's not... It's your only choice right now. At least that's what I can assume. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that? That is why... Because um, I've I've said this to my, my team the last few appointments. Like, recently, things that have come up, I still have the same just kind of... I don't know. I just call it a little like stubborn child sort of reaction. Like when, um, when the medical stuff wasn't working out and they were turning me away and I wasn't getting like much response. I felt like from the people that had offered to help, I was just like, well, you know, you guys want me to go so bad. If no one's going to help me, I can always just not go. It's like, that's, (laughs) that's always where my little like stubborn brat child. You can always go to Mexico with Pico. Exactly. (laughs) But a few months ago, if something was not happening and not working out, then I would legit be thinking like, you know, I don't have to do this. I could stay in my life, you know, maybe I'll work it out or maybe I won't. I don't know, but I don't have to do this. And now it's kind of like, I know that I'm, I'm just saying that like a little brat. My, my brain is never actually thinking I'm not going to do it. So it is that that's what tells me. It's like, yeah, it's, I'm pretty resigned at this point that it has to happen. I mean, that's good. It's it's like you're self-parenting, like me yeah. eating the fucking parfait. It's like you're, yes. you're, you're you have this inner part of you that's screaming against it and kick, you know kicking and screaming and not wanting to do it. And then there's another part of you that that's like, no, you're gonna do this, mm-hmm. and you're not gonna like it, but it's just it's for the best. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to trust yourself. And something that I feel like is already good that I'm getting set up is a friend of mine um, is going to need somewhere to live in August. And she asked me, my place is expensive and she would not be able to pay half the rent, but, you know, she'd be able to give me a chunk, which would obviously be helpful. Nice. The thing is, is the last time that I came out of treatment, (laughs) then she needed a place to stay and she was staying with me, but it was more like we thought... Because I don't just like a little one bedroom then. And we thought it would just be like a few weeks until she got like this new job was, you know, like a constant and she got, you know, like more settled. But as I've talked about, um, you know, I went into treatment and the world shut down for COVID. So (laughs) she came to crash on my couch and ended up crashing on my couch for like three months. Oh, my God. Well, just because there was nothing she could do. She's like, I started this new job. You know, it was like a daycare that they still kept open but at a much lower capacity so she's like I'm getting like two days a week I'm not working full-time I can't save up so that was a different situation but she is somebody that I met my second time in treatment and she's been back a lot of times and actually 
coming out that time was the best I ever did. And I felt like it was good having the company. I felt like it was good having support. And I know, you know, she has been back since then and come out recently. We met up a couple of weeks ago and that's what she said, you know, like she's been out for a few months and she's just like, this, this is the, the strongest I've ever felt and the best I've ever felt about this in my life. So hopefully if that's still the case come August, we will be a great support for each other. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yes, that makes such a difference. Like those first few days out of treatment are really key. Like when Mm -hmm. I went to treatment for my alcohol abuse, my mom picked me up and she stayed with me for a few days. And then my best friend from Austin flew in and stayed with me for a few days. So like the first week out of treatment, like I had people with me. And when I came Mm -hmm. out of treatment for my bulimia in 2021, I didn't have that as much. Yeah. And I think, you know, I it did take me a lot longer to get past it. And I went through a lot worse times after getting out of treatment that maybe could have been prevented if I had had a proper support system or if I had utilized the support system. Because I know, yeah. And like the, the more that I think about it, the more it just seems so obvious that, you know, the very first time I went, I came out and was back within, you know, less than a year, like six or seven months. And I thought of that too, as we're talking about this, I was like, well, yeah, I just spent all that time in that kind of world and that kind of bubble for the first time ever. And then suddenly I come out and go back to my Chicago apartment. You know, my my dad drove me back. He stayed with me for a night. But other than that, it was just like, whoop. And your dad isn't even part of like your support system. So that doesn't really count. (laughs) No, yeah. And after that, yeah, it was just like, I didn't even have Pico yet. It was just kind of like, well, there you go. You're all by yourself in your Chicago apartment again. Oh, do the, do the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no wonder. It's, exactly. <laughs> you got to set yourself up for success. So, I mean, you're going to, I'm sure that they'll make you do like a, an action plan or whatever in treatment. They always make you do yeah, that. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that down the road, what you plan on doing to, to keep yourself healthy getting out. Oh, I hate mm-hmm. that word healthy. Me too. Oh. But it, I, but I do understand that like we were just talking about, like I need to try and plan for something after, not just think like I'm going to come out fixed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and the fact that like I can tell talking to you that you are thinking about all that and that mm-hmm. it's important to you. I think your priorities are in the right place right now. Yeah. I mean, I joke about this, but it is also true that it's like, you pay a lot of money to do this. Yeah. I wouldn't do that just to be like, eh, it's probably not going to work and I'll be back here in a year. But I mean, you have to say that with a grain of salt because like, I'm sure a very, very, very small percentage of people go in and actually plan to not use it. You know, most people go in and they like, we said it before, we hope it's the last time. Yeah, but you can never predict that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I wish that the cost of treatment was enough to guarantee success. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I felt like I had to say that. Oh, no, that's all true. <laughs> um, there's something else I want to read, but not quite yet. Is there anything else that you want to b- talk about? Because this is like, this is it. This is... I know. This is a big deal. I said that I wasn't, you know, like feeling all, all the that anxious or anything like that when we first started. But now that we're talking and I'm realizing like, oh my gosh, when, when this is over, then it really is. This, this is it. We're getting to that point. I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) What do you want to say to the hot and spicy pickles before you leave? No pressure. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not like we have that many listeners. (laughs) No, but our listeners that we do have are very important. I love them all. (laughs) Yes, very much so. I mean, I I love whenever I see a response on our... I do sometimes go on our Facebook now. Oh, I I haven't in a few days. If you guys message us and it takes a few days to respond, it's not personal. I just, I've been trying to stay away from social media more lately anyway. Just. That's totally understandable. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't always see it right away, even on the Instagram. And I'm always on the Instagram because it's Pico. Oh, but speaking of social (laughs) media, um, Lauren might not have access to it 24 seven, but if you guys have anything you want to tell her, like, I will make sure she does get them. Yeah. And the, the place that I'm going, I know, is the most relaxed that I've ever been about electronics. So, oh, perfect. I mean, yeah, pretty much they just, like, don't let you have them during programming. So, Lauren, how can people reach you while you're in treatment? Do I just... I just Instagram. I mainly give out my Instagram yeah. here, but I'm like, is there something better? 
I mean, email. (laughs) Well, we do have an email address. It's picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com. Yes, I was going to say, I do have access to that as well. So if you want to email the show email, then I might even see it before Christina has to tell tell me. (laughs) (laughs) But but yes, the, the thing that I'm on the most is my dog's Instagram. And that is at... Pico Suave, P-I-C-O-S-A-U-V-E, because I'm dumb and can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So send Lauren uplifting memes or maybe, yeah. you know, non-uplifting memes. And I also have the, you know, I, I have my, my phone logged into the Pickles and Vodka Instagram as well. So, you know, that one works too. Yes. At Pickles and Vodka Podcast. As for the show while Lauren's away, I think I, I might take next week off as well. I'm not sure yet. Um, I have a few people who have expressed an interest in being interviewed for the show. So that's exciting. I might do a few cool. solo episodes. Um, we've discussed the possibility of you, Lauren, sending in voice recordings and mm-hmm. playing those as part of maybe we could have a segment like a 10 minute Lauren update segment or something. (laughs) I don't know. It's a work in progress, but you all are along for the ride and we wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. And I'll, I'll have my phone there. I expect I'll bring my laptop as well. Cause like I said, they have pretty relaxed electronic rules. So I should be able to check things, do what I want. (laughs) But overall, just focus on yourself. You are the top priority. And I think you're going to do a lot of work in there. Mostly weekends can be very slow and boring. So it's possible, yeah, that I won't pay much attention until Saturday or Sunday. But that I can see happening. I'm very proud of you. And I'm very (laughs) uh, excited for you, honestly. I am very nervous. (laughs) Well... That is perfect because I have something to help with that. <laughs> oh, that's my biggest thing. I think when we talked about fears, I haven't said anything to work yet. I'm still planning <gasps> I'm going to do that. Oh, no. That surprises me because you're usually very like, you tell them pretty far in advance. No. No? I, I do not. I oh. usually, yeah, I usually tell them a day or two before because I don't like talking to work about this stuff. Maybe that's but just I, me projecting my image of you onto you, which is like, <laughs> maybe I feel like you're more responsible the, than you are because <laughs> you're older than me. <laughs> Or because I try to get other things done, you know, like the animals part and stuff. Right, I don't right. That set. But yeah, work, no. Ooh, how do you plan on, on doing it? Or when do well, you plan on doing it? For once, um, I think I've brought this up a little bit before, I feel a little more comfortable than I usually do about bringing it up at all because um, our HR person actually, I mean, first of all, she's really, really nice. <laughs> that always helps. And her, Yeah, and her and I work together on a lot of things. So, you know, like, I feel like I know her pretty well in the work situation. And also, she came after working at a TMS clinic. That's right. The trans migration whatever thing that's for treating depression. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like an alternative thing for treating depression, but that is not as invasive as, like, ECT or something like that. It is transcranial magnetic stimulation so yeah she she kind of gets where you're coming from she's a she's an advocate if you will she's talked to i mean she is the one when we were redoing our work handbook and redoing policies because we are very small so there's a lot of like benefit things that we've just ignored because we haven't had somebody to look into these things and she's brought up things um like I know other places that have like a floating day off that they just call like a mental health day. She's like, should we implement something like that? I mean, she's, yeah, she is very much clearly an advocate. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. So yeah, I I do like, this is probably the most comfortable I would have felt telling someone I would just hold back more right now because as soon as I tell her, I am not comfortable at all with my boss knowing yeah, you don't have any obligation to tell them why, though. No, Legally. but as, as soon as I bring it up, then we know, like, her and I, of course, are going to know, like, okay, then we have to let him know because he runs the company. <laughs> well, you'll cross that bridge when you come to it. Yeah. It'll be fine. One of the motivators for me to getting healthy, <laughs> even though I hate that word, Stupid is that, word. like, it allows <laughs> me to help other people more. Like, listening to you talk about that HR person... It, It's cool because like that is the best case scenario in my head is being in a position where I can use my experiences and skills to help other people and to be an advocate wherever I'm placed, right? Like she's at your company. You can still do a lot of good in a place like that. 
But with that I mean, said, that's what well, makes me feel good here. Just like any listener comment we get that's just like, oh, you know, like I look forward to, to listening to your conversations. Like it helps me get through the day. And I'm just like, that's the most amazing thing you could tell me. <laughs> seriously, because it proves we're not alone. Like you listeners mm-hmm. are not alone. I guarantee yeah. it. Like <laughs> we are just as fucked up as you. <laughs> I mean, possibly even more We're because we have not afraid podcast. to say so. I'm just yep. kidding. <laughs> can't compare trauma. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. It really helps. But with that said, your first priority is yourself. Mm-hmm. And I want to share, uh, as we close out this episode, a note that I wrote myself in treatment for moments of doubt. And I am going to replace my name with your name. Okay. <laughs> just bear with me here. I know it's cheesy. But you need to hear this because I needed to hear it from myself. Lauren, you've got to fucking check the facts. You've been sick for a very long time. It's not going to be a piece of cake. Ha ha. Once you get out of treatment (laughs) for 15 years or, you know, however long you've had this, you've been integrating this into your life, normalizing its voice in your head. It's amazing that you're in treatment getting help. You have worked so hard and made an incredible amount of progress. It was a lot of work, even if you told yourself it's been too easy, and maybe you don't really have it as bad as you thought. Remember this next time you doubt that you belong in treatment. You were very sick. You needed help. You still need help. You deserve help. Don't let your guard down. Don't stop working if it feels too easy. That's when your eating disorder sneaks in. Don't compare yourself to others. Your journey is your own. Getting help is not overkill. (laughs) You are strong as fuck, but don't get too cocky. You still have an addiction, even if it's dormant for now. Give yourself some fucking self-compassion. You are just as deserving of praise and love as the friends you give art and notes to in order to validate them and light up their days. It will be okay. It will also not be okay. Sometimes. You will survive. Never stop working. Recovery isn't linear. Life will be beautiful again. And that's it. I mean, every word of it. That is good. Yeah. So um, with that, I guess, Godspeed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to miss you, dude. Yeah. It's not going to be the same, but you're going to be doing amazing things. And I'm sure, you know, the podcast will will continue. It'll just be a little different for a while. I know. I mean, I I will be, you know, in contact sometimes. But yeah, I I will miss this until I can get back and... Good luck, everyone else. Good luck, getting everyone through, else. Getting through life. Because it's, it's rough. <laughs> it is fucking rough. But we're here for it. So keep showing up. Uh, I'm yep. going to keep showing up. Everyone out there, keep showing up. And we will see you when we see you. Yeah. Say goodbye, Lauren. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> I'll come back. I'll come back. <laughs> that was so unnecessarily <laughs> dramatic. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I started out dramatic too. So how about fair. how about we end it? How about TTYL BRB? Smell you later. Smell you I later. Can't that was like a movie or something. Because you'll be pooping. Or no, I've been rewatching The Good Place. Say, so take it sleazy. Take it sleazy, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>